You're listening to The Dice Men Cometh, broadcast live to air on Edge Radio 99.3 FM and proudly sponsored by LFG Australia. The Dice Men Cometh! Well, it is that time again. It's Thursday in the evening and you are here with The Dice Men Cometh on Edge Radio 99.3 FM. I am Mark. I'm Garth. I am Leon. And we are here for episode 330, can you believe it, on the 12th of May, 2022. Now, gentlemen, I'll have you know that on this auspicious day, and I tried to think about how auspicious it might be, because, you know, we've had May the 4th, Revenge of the 5th, and so on and so forth, but Mm -hmm. that theme didn't really carry through to the 12th. So I thought to myself, self, I thought I might just find out what May the 12th is. Well, did you know it's National Nutty Fudge Day? <laughs> you can get on board that one, Leon, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Um, it's National Fibromyalgia Awareness Day, which is a very important day. Mm-hmm. It is International Nurses Day. Thank goodness for all the nurses. We would not have got through what we have got through mostly now, but still getting through it yes. with the nurses. But... And most importantly, May 12th is National Limerick Day. Whoa. And so, in honour of National Limerick Day, I've prepared a couple of little, shall we call them limericks? So It's better be about a sexy nurse, because that's all I'm thinking about at the moment. <laughs> all right. <laughs> From Nantucket. <laughs> there once were three young men of dice, who together played awfully nice. But as soon as they parted, the fireworks started and the language was coloured with spice. Hey, pretty good. There was a young fellow named Leon. Only black clothes whom you'd see on. Yep. He'd buy the Kickstarters and sell them as fast as a dog to a hydrant would pee on. (laughs) Lovely. Then they just get better. And my primary school nickname in there as well. There you go. (laughs) A jolly young fellow was Garth, just as tough as old Brienne of Tarth. He mused his opinions on whether Dice Minions knew the difference between elbow and arth. (laughs) And finally, a young lady was riding a punt. (laughs) And maybe we'll stop it there. Yeah, okay. Um, So, yes, I had a bit of fun with that, gents. But tonight, on episode 330, Garth, what are we talking about? Well, we are talking about not one, but two big games on this particular episode. But more importantly... We're also going to be talking about some recently announced awards that have just come out. Mark, mm. you'll be kickstarting the show with that oh, particular piece of information. Yes. Uh, we'll then go into to me and we'll, we'll talk about my game after the awards. It's a game that is not Thanos, mm. but it is Tharos. And then, Leon, you're going to play a little game of Where's Wally with us, is that right? Essentially, but knowing us, we will most likely run out of time. So let's not go too crazy with that. Although anybody out there, I'm guessing, has probably just figured out what I would be talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so look, before we go to a song, we better say that we are the Dice Men Cometh. It is Edge Radio 99.3 FM, but... It's also in the midst of a competition that we have running. Yes. Oh, yeah. So, you know, we have announced as of a couple of weeks ago the BorderCon competition for this particular year. We are, as always, so lucky to have two tickets to give away to two lucky listeners to BorderCon, which is happening, surprisingly, on the border mm. at Albury uh, in, uh, in the New South Wales-Victorian border. So... We are really, really looking out for more entries to come in because we want to have as many entries as possible. And all you need to do is what, Mark, well, to be you, able to enter this competition? Garth, you need to send us some form of entry, whether it be a video, some audio, a photo. I mean, I guess you could send us a boring email, but it wouldn't be anywhere near as fun. But you need to make an impact on us because we, the judge's decision is final it sure is and what we want you to do in that entry is we want you to tell us display to us and uh, explain to us what game you would like to play with us the dice men at BorderCon. and if you win that prize that dream of going to BorderCon, but also of playing that particular game with us will come true yes and uh, you surely you'll get at least one bonus point for writing it in a limerick Maybe. Possibly. Maybe. But there you go. So there's your challenge. Now, we're giving until the end of May. 
Now, we know that might be quite close to the date of BorderCon, but we want to give you the best opportunity you can to get your comp- your entries in. So do it. Get in touch with us. As you know, you can email us to dicemencometh at gmail.com. You can hit us up at dicemencometh on Instagram, dicemencometh on Facebook. You can... Do those things. Yeah, get in touch with us. Correct. Search us out every way you can there you go. and send us that entry. 300 plus episodes of pure professionalism. So without further ado, let's throw to a song and then come back and do something that we are actually good at, which is talk about games. You at the Dice Man Cometh, Adredo 99.3 FM. Hello everyone, your friendly neighbourhood Leon here. Just a quick break in the action to remind everybody that since we are now back in action and in the studio and pumping out content for you and all our lovely people out there, that we have revamped our Patreon to make it even easier and better than ever to help support the Dice Men Cometh. Every cent we get, we use to get to conventions all around Australia and hopefully around the rest of the world and doing everything we can to get as much Australian content out as possible. So you can support us on our Patreon. By doing so, it costs 10 Australian dollars every month and you get two exclusive Dice Men Come With Dice sent to you straight away as a thank you. You'll get extra bonus entries into all the competitions that we run, completely free of charge. And, most importantly, you will get access to our special once-a-month Patreon-exclusive episode. On that episode, we'll be doing things like going over our previous 300 or so shows, looking at some old games we haven't talked about in a long time, doing some Q&A with you guys, as well as running segments based off suggestions from our patrons themselves. And we're going to try and set up a lovely little way that maybe you guys can listen in live when we record those episodes. So that is something that we're really, really looking forward to. And we thank you, everybody out there, even if you're not a patron, for supporting us over the years. We really appreciate it. And if you wish to get some lovely Dice Men Cometh merch, you can jump over to redbubble.com, type in Dice Men Cometh, and support us that way as well. Now back to the action. That was, funnily enough, The Hardest of Hearts by Florence and the Machine on Edge Radio 99.3 FM with the Dice Men Cometh. Now, Marky Boy, there's Mm -hmm. been some awards recently that I'm sure we cleaned up in, but I haven't had a chance to look yet. (laughs) Uh, And you're going to tell us all about them? I am. And, Leon, these particular awards, they're known as the Board Game Geek Golden Geek Awards. And they have been awarded, would you believe? It seems a long time ago, but it was only just the other day... In 2006, that the Golden Geek Awards started, uh, users on Board Game Geek nominate various games in the categories, and then they're narrowed down and voted on again by the users of Board Game Geek. Now, we've invested many a long hour bagging out Board Game Geek, and particularly their rankings and how people get it wrong, so I thought it was really worth having a look at this. Now, they do have quite a number of categories. So they've got the game of the year, light, medium, and heavy. They've got a two-player game, a party game, a cooperative game, a war game, an innovative game, a thematic game, best artwork and presentation, best expansion, best solo game, best print and play, best podcast, oh, hey, stay tuned, and best board game app. So firstly, let's jump in the deep end. And when I say deep, I mean deep. The heavy end. Ooh. Because the game of the year, heavy, I don't know about you, but when I looked at this list, there weren't many games familiar to me there. Now, obviously, a lot of that has to do with the fact that there's been COVID. A lot of these games are quite late coming out to Australia. And then we have to go out and buy them or get sent sent to them by various game companies. So when I say to you, Garth, Batoku... Oh, what? If that is indeed how it's pronounced. Or Boone Lake. Yes. Or Coffee Traders. Or Dominant Species Marine. The Great Wall. I know that one. Imperial Steam. Imperium Classics. Imperium Legends. Oath Chronicle of Empire and Exile. And Dinosaur World. There's probably only three of those, maybe, that... Well, well Boone Lake, I... 
think is a an Alexander Fister game, mm-hmm. which I've seen a, a, a lot about. I just haven't had the chance to yep. play it yet. Yep. Certainly would like to. So hopefully at BorderCon there'll be a copy. And the, and the Great Wall was a game that I looked at backing on Kickstarter that I probably should have, but weirdly enough, I didn't for some reason. Yeah, well, it was the, the Euro game produced by Awaken Realms, the producers ah, of Nemesis. Yes. It was... <laughs> Funny enough, it's the one Awaken Realms game that I haven't backed. Mm. But it, it um, I know Tom Vassell quite liked it. It's been getting a lot of good uh, press. And in fact, they are about to do a second edition on their Kickstarter equivalent, which is a game found. But the winner that I didn't mention, of course, Ooh. the winner of this was our favourite Garth, mm-hmm. Ark Nova. Well, there you go. The, exactly. the Zooey Tetrisy... Baron Park meets Terraforming Marsy type game. Yeah. Um, but uh, look, the first thing that I thought of when I looked at this was, is it a heavy game? Yes. I mean, it took you guys 72 hours? No. So, it? Leon, it's a long game. Yes, oh. I'll give you that. But, I mean, compared to your Vitals, compared to your Brasses, compared to Demarco and, like, heavy Euros, it's... I, I feel like in terms of the weight of the game, take away the length, the weight of the game, it's only mid-ish. Yeah, I, and you're probably right, but the same can be quite clearly said for Kennerspiel and most other heavy games, in quote-unquote, yeah. um, because they're not heavy. Mm-hmm. They're, they're more complex than the average game, Yeah, but the level of complexity has probably been going yep. down and down and down for a lot of games. And I also think that the heaviness might be to do with the fact that it is, you're going to be a proper gamey, gamey gamer yeah. to want to sit down with one of these type of games. Like something like, say, you know, a TI4, yeah. you could argue is, I mean, there's a bit to it, but it's probably medium weight. But I'd say you're probably a heavy gamer to sit yeah. down for 12 hours at a pinch to yeah. play a game. Well, look, I mean, I agree um, as far as that goes. And I did look at the weightings. The weightings of these games go between, I think, 3.5 for Imperial Cl- Imperium Classics, which was actually one of the two runners-up. Um, four for Oath Chronicles of Empire and Exile, and the heaviest one was Coffee Traders at 4.3. Arkanova sits right there in the middle at 3.73. But (laughs) I guess you're right. We're definitely, we're seeing things move to the lighter end of the spectrum. Um, And then when, funny you should say that, because when you look at the the medium game, you've got in there Ankh Gods of Egypt, Brian Boru, High King of Ireland, Cubitos, Hadrian's Wall, Meadow, Mind Management, the Psychic Espionage Game, Sleeping Gods, Terraforming Mars, Ares Expedition, and Witchstone. But the winner in medium, I didn't mention then because I'm going to mention it now, it's the crew mission Deep Sea. <laughs> and this one was, I think, the one that had me scratching my head even more. Yeah. When Now, when I look at the waiting... The crew mission Deep Sea is weighted 1.99 on Board Game Geek. Now, I would have thought maybe the, you know, they should have drawn the line at two because everything else was, was sort of twos and above, even into the threes. Uh, I think the heaviest game there, well, I mean, even Sleeping Gods is 3.18. But is the crew a medium weight game or is it a light game? I think this puts even more evidence to the point I just made previously is that the fact that is. Yeah, you're not playing, you're not whipping this out with your family that doesn't play games at all, but just the concept of how the game works yeah. is kind of like, Ugh. so yeah, I think that's where it comes to it because it's obviously not that overly complicated, but the idea of it. Is- yeah, and then look, then we then we move to the light game. You've got, you know, a deck rock, of rock, fi- paper, scissors, a deck and- of 52 <laughs> cards. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. No, no, so you've got Seven Wonders Architects, Canvas. Kabuto Sumo, Micro Macro, Crime City, Full House, Rolling Realms, Savannah Park, So Clover, fan favourite of ours, e. 10, and Whale Riders, with the winner being Cascadia. Now, I, oh. I know we've had a few people uh, asking us questions about Cascadia. We haven't played Cascadia. Yeah. It seems to be the hotness. Um, I think we're definitely going to get that to the table at BorderCon, whether we want to or not. Yeah, because we have we've had we've had more people asking us about our opinions on that than nearly any other game in quite a while. Mm. So we need to get that done. And, and again, they are they are quite light, but I don't see that any of those really are much lighter than the crew. I mean, let's we have to 
have a disclaimer. We haven't played the second edition of the crew, so unless it got really heavy from the first edition, <laughs> I just am, am struggling, struggling to see how it's a median game. But then, as well as the light game, which, as I mentioned, So Clover was in, yeah. you've also got the party game. So Clover is also in the party I was, game. I was about to say, what's going on here? Yeah. yeah. Right, cool. So So Clover is in there, along with Don't Get Got, Shut Up and Sit Down Special Edition, Doodle Dash, The Fuzzies, Last Message, Night of the Ninja, Snakes, Stella Dixit Universe, Ultimate Werewolf Extreme, and a little game called A Game About Wee Whimsical Creatures and Trying to Identify Them After Someone Makes Noises. That's the official name of the game. Is that a translation? No, it is not. I actually wow. think you got one of those wrong there in the middle there. I think, Mark, I think you'll find it is snakes. So you put an extra two S's oh, on the end. Oh, did you, I? You got it wrong so there. I did. Yeah. Um, so, his glasses on. look, yeah, those, so. those games, they're definitely party games. Yeah. So Clover is in there as a party game, and it won! Excellent. As, it, as well it should. Yeah. Um, but, again, when I look at that list... And I look at some of the other lists. The other thing that I see coming up, and, and a bit more in some of the other games that, are, that I'll mention shortly, a lot of second editions or special editions or other editions or another variant of... It's not a... There's quite a few, I feel like, repeats in here. Now, I don't, you know, and I'm, I don't want to criticise something like Crime City... Macro Micro Crime City Full House, because that, that's a fantastic game. And hopefully we're going to get to talk about it tonight. But I am seeing lots of, as I said, a second edition or something like that. Speaking of a second edition, Leon, Ah. one of your favourites is in the running for the two-player game. We're talking about Summoner Wars second edition. Oh, yeah. We're also talking about another favourite of ours, Land versus Sea, that we talked about on the show. Jekyll versus Hyde. Land versus Hyde and Jekyll versus Sea. It's a Wonderful Kingdom, which is, an, again, a, a sort of a slightly different riff on It's a Wonderful World. Lawyer Up, Radlands, Red Flag Over Paris, Riff Force, That Time You Killed Me. Um, I think that was all of them. And the winner there was Radlands for two-player, with Summoner Wars being one of the runners-up. Leon. I've heard a lot of people talk about Radlands yeah. recently, but the one on that list that I really do want to play Lawyer Up, that was one that I, on Kickstarter, straight away went, oh, yeah. This is what I want—a Phoenix Wright, you know, board game essentially. But then I saw it was two-player and just went, ah, oh, I play so few things two-player. And just, yeah. so that was the only reason. But I'd, I'd love to try it. Okay. Well, look, there's a couple in here that you might like, Leon. The expansions. Ooh. So we had Concordia. More money for Leon. Sol- in other words, <laughs> Concordia Solitaria, Fort Cats and Dogs expansion, Grand Austria Hotel Let's Waltz. Lost Ruins of Arnak, Expedition Leaders, Maracaibo, The Uprising, Marvel Champions, The Mad Titan's Shadow, Paladins of the West Kingdom, City of Crowns, Mm. Parks Nightfall, Res Arcana, Parley Imperii, and Undaunted Reinforcements. And the winner there, Leon, you'd be happy to know, Mm. Lost Ruins of Arnak, Expedition Leaders. Well, it's hard to go past a game that essentially adds stuff that probably shouldn't have been in the base game, to be perfectly honest. Well, the whole point of it is, you know, you just say, I want more of what I like, and the Expedition Leaders just, you'll almost never want to play the game without it. No. It it, it is a crucial, I think, part of the game. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Now, look, one of my favourite um genres the thematic game of course so an interesting list here um and i look up apologies to everyone out there who's just hearing me reel off list of games most of which we haven't played um but the thematic game so the adventures of robin hood ank gods of egypt destinies final girl mind management the psychic espionage game nemesis lockdown Oath, Chronicles of Empire and Exile, Roll Camera, the filmmaking board game, Sleeping Gods, Mm -hmm. and Unfathomable. Now, most of those we haven't played, but at least most of those we do know something about because either we were following the campaigns on Kickstarter or we've been really interested in the game, watched videos and things like that. Now, is there anything in there that, like, really, really, Leon, you think tells a story that you think, yep, that's the winner without, because obviously you don't know what the winner is. No, apart from the fact that Garth has it on the screen. <laughs> next time. Um, 
Well, when it comes to thematic and stuff, I know we've banged on about it quite a bit, but Nemesis is extremely thematic mm-hmm. in, in the he- the story it makes in your head as well as what it actually does on the yeah. table. So that's one of them. But I guess when it comes to thematic games, it's kind of hard to go past legacy games these days because you've spent that much extra time and these ones that tell a story over a long, long period of time as well. So if you get a good one of those... Yeah. It's pro- also you're creating the story. You're not yeah. just a, a passive observer. Yeah. You are ultimately changing the course and, you know... You've played a little bit of Oath, Mark. Yes. I have participated in the setup of Oath, <laughs> and then, right, and then yeah. we didn't play it. Lovely. Uh, and that was fun, but I, I imagine the game is more fun than the setup. So I would, I would like to explore the world of Oath. Yeah. Um, and, fu- and Sleeping Gods is everywhere. And Final Girl, I would actually was I backed it on Kickstarter, mm. and then, <laughs> funnily enough. It was going to be quite expensive for a solo game that I was going to play a co-op with my wife because yeah. I don't really solo. Uh, but then the exact same time, a few days later, uh, the Marvel zombie side was released mm-hmm. and its campaign finished the same time as Final Girls. Uh, so I had to do a cheeky pick and choose. Actually, yeah. I'm going to cut in the middle of your discussion right now, Mark, something that's just popped into my mind I've been meaning to speak about for weeks. Oh my God, we complain about shipping in Australia. Oh, has it taken an even bigger turn in the last couple of weeks. Oh, really? Uh, I backed the big box edition of Western Legends because I have all the expansions. Uh, The shipping came through uh, during the pledge manager and the shipping was as much as the big box. What? Yes. And it was about 90 odd dollars. About much as what the box was. And the Marvel Zombies, which admittedly is a lot of different boxes. However, they did quote their rough average estimate was going to be between about probably $50, $60, ended up being $200. And the problem is at that stage, you've pledged. Yep. Most cases, except for, you know, if you are put the $1 I was going to say, Western Legends, luckily, for some reason, I don't know why, maybe I was a little bit short when that was coming, I only did the $1, so I got out of that. But Marvel, which I kind of knew was going to probably sting me a bit, I had gone hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars in. But yeah, it would have been nice to have not have been nearly 200-something-odd dollars. Okay. Anyway, back to the show. <laughs> back, back to the thematic games. Well, I mean, for me, I know I know you were very excited about Final Girl. I know, yep. Garth, you and I and Trent, we talked about mind management. Yes. And what a fascinating game it was. We know that Unfathomable is the re-theme of Battlestar Galactica. Super fantastic theme. I don't know whether the Nemesis game has been punished by the fact that it's the second of the series and nothing... Two different is happening I, I don't, it between was ne- the two. I don't think it was... Yeah, if the first one didn't win, there was no way yeah. the second one was going to win. Um, but, so the runners-up were Final Girl and Oath, uh, and the winner was Sleeping Gods. Now, as you said, Garth, it is everywhere. Mm. Um, I guess I maybe I've fallen into the trap of looking and gone, oh, it's another Matt Lockett game. Ryan. and A uh, Ryan Lockett, sorry. Lolcat. Yeah, yeah. Um, that. <laughs> Haven't talked about Lolcat in a while. <laughs> That looks like his other games. Yeah, above and below and here and now and up and down and there and then and all of those things. And look, you know, I still have such fond memories of above and below. Yeah. Uh, Not so much with Islebound. That was certainly went went flat with us. I I would happily give it a go. And the the whimsical art is, is beautiful. And I hope he's still improving on the up and up as a designer. But it's sort of... Artist first, designer second for me for a lot of his games. Well, I'd happily play it, but I don't know if I could commit to it being I, an ongoing sort of project. I was going to say, I was definitely into back this when it came out because, yeah, as I think he's, as a designer, he's gone from strength to strength. But then I saw it was Legacy, and that's just not yeah, my cup of tea. Yeah. And look, I mean, as you said, Garth, I mean, Legacy does really help the theme stick. Um, interesting you mentioned the art because in the Artwork and Presentation Award, again, we've got The Adventures of Robin Hood, Ankh, Gods of Egypt, Botoku, Canvas, Cascadia, Meadow, Mind Magic, Oath, Radlands, and Sleeping Gods. And surprise, surprise, Sleeping Gods took it out again. Now, for me, um, mind management, I love the art style in that. I know it comes from a graphic novel. Um, Canvas, uh, which was one of the runners-up, I checked it up. Very, very unique game, but, God, it looks beautiful. Oh, it's beautiful. And, And I think, you know, the art in itself 
is the game because mm. players are, are creating artworks as you go. And I I hovered over the back button when it came out yeah. again on the on the second edition, I think it was, and just just couldn't commit because it's like, ah, oh, am I actually really going to yeah. play this much? Um, but it looks beautiful. So um, yeah. The and, Lolcat has has done what he does best and made beautiful looking game. Yeah, and I just but I just wonder, you know, is it, to me it's more of the same. Yes, it's more of the same beautiful stuff, but d- does it deserve to win over something that's really quite different, like Canvas or Mind Manager or even Cascadia looks really really lovely? So they tell me, um, and I looked at it in a video just to check. But look, I, I won't go on anymore because I feel like, um, as I said, I'm reeling off lists of games that I don't know that much about, apart from the ones. We've heard of, but I don't know. I mean, the print and play, the, probably the, one of the most interesting, the print and play where Gloom Holden, yeah. <laughs> which is an, apparently an 18-card version of Gloomhaven, um, I did watch a little bit of it on video, and it is quite fascinating. And if someone can get hold of that and turn it into a real game, and maybe it doesn't have to be 18 cards, but even if it's, if it's 80 cards, it's still not a massive, massive, massive box. Um, congratulations to Board Game Barrage that won the uh, winner of the best podcast. Oh, they just beat us. We're second, second yet again. So close. I mean, we're not written in the, the runner-up things on the awards. I don't go looking at the website no. to find us, but we we know we were second. Look, so I, I, knew we were, I knew that we were definitely nominated. Yeah. Yes. Because I clicked that nominate button. It? That's right. <laughs> but hey, maybe another time. So look, that's just a brief look at the Board Game Geek Golden Geeks Award for 2021. Um, yeah, as I said, just scratching my head with a couple of those, particularly the crew as a medium weight game or the second edition of the crew. But hey, maybe maybe it gets heavy but because at- of all that pressure down in the ocean. But at the end of the day, regardless of the fact that some of them might be miscategorized, there's a lot of really good games. Yeah, in there oh, absolutely. For, for people to look it into. It does show that the last 12 months have been um, a really great 12 months for board games, even regardless of the pandemic. Although, as I said, quite a few of those are a second edition or a second little wrinkle or something like that. But hey, anyway, we'll be back shortly. It's the Diceman Come Off on Edge Radio 99.3 FM. We'll be back with you shortly. Hello everyone, Dicemen Mark here with some very exciting news. What would the Dicemen be without dice? If you've played a game with us over the years, you may have scored some of our amazing custom dice. You can also get them when you sign up to support us on Patreon. Now, what better place to get our special custom dice than one of Australia's leading dice suppliers and longtime supporter of the show, Behold Games. Behold Games are suppliers of all sorts of amazing dice, including an incredible variety of polyhedral sets, as well as RPG, games and supplies, and of course, board games. You can check out everything they have to offer, including all the dice, at beholdgames.com.au. Please consider supporting this brilliant little Aussie retailer and its owner, Tina, who is also the organiser of Board Game Cruise Australia, as well as a fantastic person, friend of the Dice Men, and now also our official Dice Sponsor. I think I'm paranoid there by garbage. Did I say that right? I think I'm paranoid. I think I'm paranoid. Is that right? And I think I'm paranoid. Is that a right? bit paranoid? I think I'm paranoid. By garbage on Edge Radio 99.3 FM with the Dice Men Cometh. Now, we've talked about some award-winning games. Mm. We're going to talk about another game that maybe won some stuff. I don't know. Probably, well, probably not, but we'll see. Well, you're talking about garbage just then. Yeah. You're talking about thematic games with sleeping gods. Oh, and what, so, you, have you got some thematic garbage for us? Well, I've got a thematic game or at least a game. And the game that we're talking about is Tharos. So did you did you say the guy with the fist? No, that no. was his bigger brother. Right. This is this is the little uh, yeah. The it's not even a brother. What it is? It's and let me explain. It, it's spelled T H A R O S. Yeah. For anyone who wants to Google it, and then when Google says, "Did you mean?" Go, <laughs> no, I meant Tharos. Yeah. Decades ago, the four influential steam guilds, Power and Torsion. Cogwheel Trust, Crystal and Ore, and Fusion Horizon started to exploit the planet Tharos in the Diluvia universe. Cool. Now, it is necessary to open up a new region. In doing so, the bustling guilds both have an eye on the other guilds and the dreaded (gasps) 
Circumdate or Circumdate Kaleo Trust, which also lays claim to this region and does not shy away from using military means. Oh my goodness. Now, players will assume control over a steam guild and explore the newly opened region for natural resources, gaining crystal and ore samples, and building new mines to exploit the land. The government of Tharos awards different medals for the player's services, which increase the influence of their steam guilds, with the player ideally winning enough influence to take over as leader of their guild. This is a dice bag building game where the dice represent the actions and respective strengths that you can do the dice are used on the player boards and for the activation and usage of the player cards and additionally you each have a deck of cards that you could substantially use to help you achieve your goals are you invested are you invested in this story mark and leon are are you with me for the journey to theros yep um steam guilds i'm gonna pick the um the cog worth people <laughs> well it was decades ago mark you were probably there when theros was yeah. first sort of colonized i remember cogwheel trust i couldn't trust them no so look this is a game that's going to be played out over four rounds each player starts with an identical bag of uh, of dice you got some red ones you got majority of white ones you got maybe a, a yellow one or two thrown in and you can buy more as the game progresses because they all represent different things and different actions that you can do The game, as it is, played out over four rounds, but within each round, there's four turns. Mm -hmm. So you've got a four-by-four grid of various locations and, I guess, various um, different types of land. You've got the wasteland and you've got the green land and the blue land and the yellow land. Um, And (laughs) on each of those, you're going to be doing your actions. and, And the turn will each end when everyone has used up all their dice or passed. At the end of every fourth round, you'll have a big battle with the second Date Kaleo Trust. Those guys, yep, with those guys, um, you'll want to fight them and you'll want to not lose because if you lose, it's going to cost you potentially some victory points as the game progresses, and you don't want to lose victory points. So you're going to be basically all at the same time drawing out a a number of of dice out of your bag. It's typically five, but you can have that modified by little player action cards that happen throughout the course of the game. You'll then all roll those dice simultaneously in different card uh, dice with different colours, different strengths will do different things. And you might want to play some of your cards because, oh, look, I've got a really good battle card that will help me fight the... Circumdate Kaleo Trust? Correct. So I need to be able to have a red five die to be able to play that card. Oh, look, I've got one. I'm going to be able to play it. Beautiful. Or I need some money. I can either get a lot of money by spending lots of white dice, Mm -hmm. or I can get a little bit of money by spending one dice. And that's really, really cool. You will need a lot of money because as one of your other actions, you can build buildings, which you might not even own because they might cost, say, $10 to build or $12 if you want to own them. And Mm. trust me, you want to own them yeah. because you get extra victory points. And this is a game where you're not necessarily going to end up with a huge amount of victory points. So every single one counts. What you're also doing, which is this little game within a game, is you're essentially trying to go up the metal track. And the metal track is how you're going to get the majority of your victory points. There's one there for continually beating and destroying, successfully fighting the... The trust, I'm going to call them. The Circumdate Kaleo Trust. Yeah, the, the word trust. that Android Netrunner would be like, oh, we like that the one. Trust. Yep. You get other ones by exploiting the resources because there are going to be ore and crystal dotted all over the map. And if you can basically get enough of those, you can trade them in for victory points. Mm-hmm. You can also get points by building lots of buildings as well, which is really useful. All of that costs money. Uh, and that's what you're going to do mm-hmm. for four rounds. Now... This game really tries hard and the designer really tries hard to get you invested in this made-up Theros universe because he's also put a lot of work into actually creating books and stories about this. But it's just kind of boring. Yeah. And it's really hard to get invested in when the game mechanically is sound. Yeah. It's fine. However, it's just not exciting for me yeah there are there are things you can do and you go yep i've done it and that's cool but it's like now what yeah a lot of board game themes you could say that 
it is a kind of a non-factor on the game. This theme doesn't really matter either. It's not a positive or a negative. I'd absolutely 100% say with this game, it's one of the prime examples of it's 100% negative to the simple mechanics of this game. That Some of which you like when you're just doing actions and rolling dice and stuff. Oh, that's well and good. When you go into the other, let's call it bollocks of this game, <laughs> it's just kind of like... And on top of the fact that the art and general graphic design of it is... Oh, it's not pretty. <laughs> it's not good. Well, look, I... I love a good theme punk. Theme punk. A theme punk. I love a good steampunk theme. That's for sure. This falls down because the, as you said, the art does not evoke steampunk at all. No, it evokes a twelve-year-old watched some YouTube videos, grainy ones at that, black and white, of World War Two that had some machines in them, and then decided to draw those with crayon. At the same time, you've got this deck of action cards, which can be so swingy. There's some really super powerful ones. And yes, you usually only get one or two at a time, and, and you almost always use them sort of straight away or wait for a, a very strategic point and then use them. They're great. They're really powerful. They're blank white cards with with a very not easy to read and quite small font on them no art at all like missed opportunity there and then the the player board like i actually love dice building games and i love the part of this where you're playing your dice onto the player board and you choose between what is it there's six or eight actions but then there's there's basically there's two types of each action and you can only do one or the other so as you said with the money you can use multiple white dice and get money and then the the other part of that is you can use one of is it any color to get get money but you can't do both of those things and sometimes you Mm. you want more money or when you buy a a dice that goes in your bag but then also you want to do the thing where i think it's turn a die into a six or the way they've paired up the actions is quite clever because often you want to do both of those things. I really enjoyed that part of the game. And look, we've got to be honest here. We gave this game a red-hot crack because we played it three times because mm. we kept thinking, oh, there's got to be a little bit more to it. Uh, the game itself is is sound. Like, there's a, there's a game in there. It sure is. But when it's got this not-great art... This story that really makes no sense. And then you've got the Circumdade Kaleo Trust comes and attacks you every turn. For what reason? Which is just one red card with the same little explosion on it with a number written on it. Yeah, that's... And and then then you call it Tharos. Yeah. You know, when Thanos is such a big thing. Now... I oh, know maybe Germans don't like Thanos so much, and you know don't have the Google problem that we do. But I think it, it like it's such a shame when I feel like there's a, actually a really good game in there trying to get out, but all this other bump over the top just really you know has the has the capacity to turn you off. Yeah, I think actually when we were playing it one of the times, we said that. There is a game, especially like you said, in those mechanics, but then we kind of realise, hang on, that's just a general... That's literally generic dice-building game yeah. that we're complementing, which every single dice-building game would have that. So you kind of go, well, that's not really a positive you can give it because that's just like saying, oh, I love the fact that this deck builder, you can build a deck. Yes. <laughs> yes, that is what you're doing. Um, yeah. yeah, there's a few... And like you said, with that, the thing with the buying um, the buildings, you can buy them for 10 and everyone could use it, or you could buy it for 12, and then when people will use it, you get a reward. No one's buying it for 10. Everyone's buying it for 12. There's no logical reason, I think, to have that. Now, look, we should say, I I was doing a bit of research on this uh, last night, Garth, and I discovered that this game is sold out on the Spielworks website. So if you want to make five or 10 copies. If you're in Europe (laughs) and you want to get it, you can't. They're sold out. And in Australia, if you want to get this game... There's only one place you can get it from. There's an exclusive distributor um, for Spielworks game, which is Behold Games. And they are not only 
the Spielworks exclusive distributor. They are our official dice partner. That's right. We do love Behold Games. We do. They are exceptional. And we do absolutely thank them for sending us a copy of this game. And it's it's not their fault that we aren't massive fans of this game. But I do question whether our attitudes would be different had this come out, you know, when Orleans came out. Yeah. You know, is is it just because the benchmark for a dice bag building game is now set really quite high. And this one, it just doesn't do anything wrong, but it doesn't do anything really particularly well. And yeah, I think the theme is is a bad thing in it because yes. it's just too convoluted. Um, I've got a few other negatives to throw in. Just for <laughs> no, but they're, they're two things that we absolutely have to mention. Everybody has the same hand of cards, but it is 10 cards. Yeah. Anytime you're playing a game, especially a game like this, that is a Euro game that is of a medium weight, you don't want to be overwhelmed at any point. Starting any game with 10 cards in your hand that have, in a game that you've only just learnt, is so overwhelming. These cards could so easily have been on a board in the centre and whenever you decided to activate or purchase it or whatever, you just put a token on it that I can now use that card. And that way they're always out there on display for everyone to read. You don't have to keep going back in your hand and flipping through them and going, oh, there's 10 cards all of a sudden. Because anytime you start a new game, the cards in your hand, you want them to be as simple, as basic as you can get Mm. so you don't get overwhelmed. So that's one thing. Another thing, which I think was the first negative thing we noticed about this game, is the little cubes that go on like the medal and victory point track. The little cubes don't fit in the holes correctly. No. Yeah, well, it's got one of those playboards where you can. Yeah, slotted playboard where you slot in the different cubes, which is like excellent. Every game yeah. under the sun should yeah. have that. Uh oh, cubes <laughs> don't fit in the squares. Come on now. That's. Come on. It now. is a bit of a rookie mistake when yeah. it comes to you know, basic production standards. Yeah, I don't want to slag the guy off. He's obviously, especially when it comes to the lore and stuff, he's he's tried and he's put in a lot of effort. Hey, it's more creativity than I've ever put out in my life, so well done to you, sir. But yeah, this this just missed on nearly every front. It, it's, it's definitely the sort of thing that needs... I mean, we talked about so many second editions. This, yeah. this needs a second edition with either a change or a tidy up of the theme... Um, some new artwork, some refining, perhaps. And I mean, I know, I know the the designer, uh, burned. No, yeah, burned shoulders. I think he uh, on the, his website he talks about he's been working on this game since like 2011 or something like that. Maybe he just went a little bit early. I don't know. Because <laughs> um, look, as I said, I I quite enjoyed the game itself yeah there were bits of this game where i was just like no this is this is all right but then all the rest of it i was like no i can't just take put all that stuff aside yeah and i think we can all agree the first game was a real slog yeah the first game like this game because it doesn't impress you at the table and so many games just give you that table presence where you're excited to play yeah this one doesn't have that you go there and you go these colors are just a bit all near and the art is just not up to the scratch so you know like you said we gave it another go and another go and it just there's there's a game there it's just would i have it on my shelf no when there's so many other games i'd rather play yeah, yeah. and look obviously if, if there's something there of interest for you then then uh reach out to behold games our good friend tina will look after you um who knows this could be right up your alley if you're into Steampunk dice building off world with the, bad, isn't it about that? Yeah, yeah, fighting off the evil Circum Circumdate Kaleo Trust. That's sure. Right. All right, we better wrap this up because we've got one other game that we may or may not like. Who knows? You with the Dice Men Cometh. It's Edge Radio 99.3 FM, and we'll be back after this song. Hi, this is Ella from Ella Loves Board Games, and my favorite podcast is The Dice Men Coming. There you go. That was a great Tazzy act called Boogeymen with their track Faultline here on Edge Radio 99.3 FM. You are with The Dice Men Cometh, where we talk about board games, card games, steampunk, bad art, and all sorts of other things. But Leon, yeah. you're going to talk to us about a game that... Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's got lots of good aspects. Well, it was both nominated and very much won some big, 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 yeah. the big award. So we're going to talk about Micro Macro, a game, Micro Macro Crime City, and it's 
uh, sequel slash expansion, well, it's a sequel, uh, Micro Macro Crime City Full House. Now, the original version of this game, it came out in 2020. It was designed by Johannes Sitch and Hard Boiled Games. Now, these lads, is Johannes and two other of his uh, designer mates. The only other game that they had done was a game called La Costa Nostra in 2014, which is a mafia-style game that I'd never, ever heard of until I was looking at the research of this today and actually went, oh, that looks quite good. But face it, it's an eight-year-old game that I'd never heard of until now. I'll probably will never, ever see a copy of it. But it looks interesting. So when this game did come out in 2020, it turned a few heads, and it was probably a good year, to be honest, for it to come out when a lot of people were at home with their families looking mm. for something to do because it won the Spiel des Jahres, yes. the Academy Awards of board gaming in 2021 against The Adventures of Robin Hood and Zombie Teens Evolution, both games that I looked at and went, oh, I wouldn't mind trying them. Oh, they're both legacy games. <laughs> so probably never going to happen. So, And we, just remind me, so uh, we did talk about the original game, I'm pretty sure, didn't we, in our... Possibly. In a special episode, because I know we played it quite a lot of times. Yeah, that's probably something. Well, maybe I just remember playing it so many times, because we did really. We had a had a lot of fun with it. It's a great game. Yes. Garth has played this, and his family have played it a, a lot more than what I oh, have, yeah. because they've had a few cheeky lockdowns in the last <laughs> couple of months, as you do. So, the elevator pitch for this game... Imagine Where's Wally, or Where's Waldo, if you will. And everyone around the world should know what that is. It is kind of a, a book with lots of colourful pictures and you're trying to find different things. Imagine if that was on a giant piece of paper. Oh. Imagine if that paper was 75 by 110 centimetres. Anybody out there that doesn't know centimetres, grow up and fix your country. A big-ass piece of paper. Yes, a big-ass piece of paper. But imagine if it was black and white, and imagine it's sitting to trying to find Waldo, you're trying to find murderers. <laughs> but, but they're fun little murderers because they're little, like, animal-type people that live in a city. Where's Wally's corpse? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so the way that this game works is it's kind of like the equivalent of an escape room in a box style of game, is that in the box, though, uh, for both of them, I think you'll find there's 16 or 17 cases in each version of this game. And they simply do things like they say, oh, this crime is about the um, the missing hat. There's a man, he was walking to the pub on this section of the board. Find the man, you find the man. And then it says, he had his hat a little earlier in the day when he was doing this. And then you try and find that on the board. And then so on and so forth. And the crime will slowly unfold. In the first opening scenario, there's only a couple of cards that kind of give you hints and you've got to find it. You also have a cool little magnifying glass that they give you as well to try and find stuff. And you go from there. But the ones that you, cases you get further down the track, there's much more involved. They're harder to find things. They're much more interesting stories that just keep going further and further. So, yeah, and in the sequel, the full house version of this, which um, you can get either version of it, but you're probably better maybe to stick with the um, the newer one for the simple fact that it does add a few more, like, puzzly aspects to it, but it does add one extra thing, which it has a little uh, parental advisory kind of symbols on the decks, because in the opening game, the original uh, full house... Sorry, the original Micro Macro Crime City, it just had all that cases, but you weren't to know if it was going to be family-friendly or whatnot. Whereas in the new version, they have little different symbols that show you that this one's going to be fine. Like, for instance, it says here, and I'm right, this is what it says in the rule book. It has a lovely little smiling, like, panda head thing. If that's on the case, in this case, there's no depictions of murder, physical violence, or sexual <laughs> sexualized violence. Hey, Hooray! Yeah. Fun for the whole family. I thought that was quite humorous. <laughs> and I remember even the first game, there were things like, you know, poisoning. Yeah. And there was the thing like... Oh, why did why did that person poison that other person? Oh, and then you find a picture of that someone sleeping with his wife, and it's just like it takes you quite out of left field. There are some adult themes, and I think parents do need to be aware of <laughs> yeah. that. Um, yeah. So I, I have played every single case in the the two games with my kids. Yep. Uh, and it is one of the very few games that the kids will say, "Hey, Dad, can we play this? Can we play this? Can we play this?" Instead of me go, hey kids, let's play this. Yeah. And they love it and they're happy to do it by themselves. They're happy to do it where we're taking turns reading the cases to them. Uh, and it's awesome because even when you finish the game, there is so much left yeah. on these maps to discover. It is it is basically a piece of art. Yeah, the, when I said it's kind of like an escape room in a box, it's not the one of the ones that you're going to be tearing up stuff and throwing it away at the end. They actually recommend what you could do for this game is that you could put this giant piece of paper up on a wall and... 
we talk about how good it is for some games that you say to somebody, listen, I can teach you this in five minutes. Well, this game you can teach to somebody without even really teaching it to them. If this was up on your wall, somebody could come in and go, what on earth is that? And you could say, find the man with the sombrero up in the east quadrant. And be like, they're like, what? Okay, I found him. And like, he didn't have that hat a second ago. Where's he got it from? Oh, did he steal it? Yeah. And you've just taught somebody the game. Yeah, that's right. And it's just that simple. But that's the really clever thing about the map, is it's not just a snapshot of no. a city. It's like it a is, it is, time it's machine. It's going back and forth in time in this sort of isometric black and white city and it is fantastic and it teaches you how to play the game mm. on the outside of the box. And one thing that I think we've kind of moaned about before is that some games will give you a thing like, oh, this game comes with 100 cards for whatever and then we'll give you 20 cards that are blank that you can fill in yourself. Some people are real big on that. That's completely fine. I would much rather say them give me five extra cards that they've filled in themselves because yeah. I'm paying for them to design me a cool game. Whereas this, this would be the easiest game and probably the simplest way, especially for younger people, to be creative and to come up with their own case. You could yeah. have a kid look at this map for five minutes, mm. not tell them anything other than, you know, after you've played it with them a couple of times, and they could go, okay, I'm going to make this a part of this story, this story, that story. I think that's absolutely genius. Yeah, I, and I don't know why, but whenever I see this game, it makes me think of the art of, I think it's Sergio Aragones. Oh, okay. From Mad, Mad Magazine. Magazine. Yeah. Remember those little doodles that were around the edge of Mad Magazine? Mm -hmm. And he, I mean, he's the artist for Gru. But that's what it reminds me of. It's that, it's that tiny where you go, it's tiny, but there's so much detail and the detail tells a story and it's beautiful to look at and it's such a clever game. Yeah, you and can it's, see why it has won the awards that it has. And it's one of those things that this company, they realise that they're on to a winner. They've done very well with this. So there's, they've got lots and lots of different ideas for things like there could be, easily be a fantasy version, a sci-fi version mm. of this. You could go splash and full out to make like a deluxe version that has like, a, imagine a big coloured version of this game. That would be so cool. And especially if they go down the track of something like a licensed version. Imagine oh, a yeah. big giant Marvel poster of this on your wall. Yeah. You would be smitten. So this is a game that... You you don't need us to tell us because it won the biggest game in board gaming. But yeah, it's worth everybody getting your hands on. And it's cheap. Yes. And you play it and then please pass it on to family and yeah. friends and let them experience it. Exactly. Yeah. It's that simple. But look, that is our show. We actually did everything we needed to talk about. So please remember, go and enter the BorderCon competition because yep. you've only got to the 31st of May. Send in your entry to dicemencometh at gmail.com or we're at dicemencometh on all of the social medias. It's been episode 300 and something or other. 30. Oh, thanks so much. For listening, it's been an exhausting episode. It's been wonderful. Thank you to Behold Games for being our official dice sponsor and for sending us a copy of Theros. That's been fantastic. Oh, are we done? We are done. We, we are will done. speak to you all soon. Bye. Toodles. You've been listening to another episode of The Dice Men Cometh, proudly brought to you by LFG Australia. Be sure to check out lfg-oz.com.au for all the details of their online and physical retail store. You can find us at dicemencometh.com or on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. And don't forget, you can support us on Patreon too. Thanks for listening.